We'll be fine. Well, here's what I did want to do, though. I wanted to uh, share with you guys just from my week in this passage. I'm telling you, I'm going through this just like you guys are doing. This is not something that, you know, I've done for years and years and years, and I've got all this sort of stuff built up. I'm following just like you guys are, and it never ceases to amaze me as I read through Scripture, and I try to read systematically through the Bible every, uh, every at least every two years. I will have gone through Old Testament and New Testament, and every time I go through, I see something new. I see new truths, new verses, new words and phrases that I had never seen before. And this last week, for whatever reason, I mean, it was like this, this passage, it would just, everywhere I went, there were different things I was being, I was being challenged with from Psalm 19. Uh, one of my first thoughts late last week was when it talks about the sun, like a strong man running its course with joy, talking about the sun going through the sky. And we talked about this a little bit, that it's a personification of creation. It's just kind of speaking of creation as a person. It speaks and it teaches truth and it does this sort of stuff. The idea is the sun awakens and like a strong man that nothing stops, the sun runs its route through the sky and it sets. It, it's done. But it says it does that with joy. And I just thought about, you know, the truth there is there's, there is joy in obedience to God. When you run the course, when you run the race, the path that is set out for you, it brings joy in your life in obedience to God. And I was like, cool. So I'm journaling about that this week, kind of thinking that through. Uh, verse 8 says the precepts of the Lord. No, wait a minute. Yeah, the second part, the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. So I've been reading through this, and I saw that verse. Well, I was uh, spending some time, I was praying through the Beatitudes this week. And one of the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5 said this, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And it hit me from Psalm 19, it says, The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. And then Jesus, speaking of the pure in heart, shall what? See God. How purity in our lives changes how we see things. The clearer vision when we have purity before God. I just This connection between purity and the eyes. Think about in reverse in our culture, in our society today. The impurity before the eyes and the result of that in our lives. It's like, cool, I never noticed that before. Uh, verses 1 through 4, looking at all this about the creation calling out messages uh, from God and speaking truth. Uh, one morning the thought dawned on me, what messages do I learn, do I hear or see from creation? It's like they're always saying things about God. And I thought, what things do, do creation speak to me? So I wrote down a list. I, I see uh, diversity in creation. Flowers are different. Trees are different. People's lawns are different. You know, there, there's, look at people. We're all different. There's so much diversity in creation. The, 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 the diversity within God, the creativity within God to create such a diverse world. I thought about order, that there's an order to things in this world. How things are born, how they grow, how they die, the cycles that we go in weather patterns, these type things. There's order that's there. What about the power in creation? You know, from the oceans and, you know, constantly moving and going to seeing, you know, outbreaks of severe weather with, you know, lightning, tornadoes, hurricanes, these type things. Think about the power that's there. And then I was reminded of growth from creation. I always think of, of growth when I see creation. Things grow uh, and then things begin to wane. They die off. But even in those dormant seasons, they're sucking nutrients. They're preparing to burst forth again in the spring. The spring is my favorite time of year because of that new life that comes. But again, I like the fall when it finally cools off and you see that change. You know that we go through seasons and some seasons are much more colorful and bright and fruitful than other seasons in our lives, right? But in those dormant seasons, there's not 
nothing going on. There's actually work that's taking place within creation to prepare it for that birth uh, to grow through. And the last one was the toughest on me. Uh, verse 10, we talked about this earlier. It says that uh, God's word and his precepts, his laws are, be to more des- are more to be desired than gold, even much fine gold. Uh, I was fasting this week and when I do that, I try to just kind of do normal life with the family and the kids and stuff. And so we were running one of the kids for errands and so it was one of those fast food days. So we swung into Wendy's. And so I order, you know, the kid's meal for my child and hand it over. And then my car just fills with French fry smell. I'm going to tell you, you've been fasting for a few hours and you get the smell of a French fry. It is less than pleasant on the old flesh, all right? So I'm sitting here. I mean, I, what's that? More to be desired than French fries. Hey, hey, hang on a second. Hang on a second. I mean, I'm really wrestling with, because you want one, Dad? Oh, you had to say it. No, why did you do it? It's like, no, I'm good. I, 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 no, I'm fine. But I remembered, literally. Uh, if you've ever heard the chorus, uh, I think it's more precious. The, the, the chorus is, Lord, you're more precious than silver. Lord, you're more costly than gold. Lord, you're more beautiful than diamonds. Nothing I desire compares to you. When I had this whole smell of the french fry, I thought of that song. But here's why I thought about that song. I read about the author. She wrote that chorus when she was fasting. And she said the temptation got so overwhelming that she drove to McDonald's, ordered their fries. Said she was sitting in her car, had the McDonald's french fries, and then realized that she was about to indulge her flesh instead of following the spirit and was overwhelmed with grief to say, Lord, I've almost forsaken you for a tub of fries. Got rid of the fries, went home, and wrote that chorus that we sang in churches for, for many, many years. Uh, and still, you know, many churches sing today. So as I read, here I am having this french fry. So I was like, oh yeah, she did that. Well, I can hang in there then. You know, I'm not going to give up either. So I kind of sang that song to myself and went on. But it was just a cool thing for me this week. Those things that just jumped out at me uh, as I am, like you guys, immersing myself in Psalm 19. So I encourage you, don't give up on it. You're like, man, I'm not, I've only read it twice this week or didn't read it any this week. I don't know who those persons may be, but you know, however that works. Uh, hang in there, be persistent, and trust God to, to massage this and bring this to be part of, uh, of your life. Okay, I want to take a couple of minutes this morning, uh, this man, evening. Sorry, I didn't just take a nap. I promise I've been up all day. Uh, I would like for us to take a couple of minutes uh, as we get ready to, to pray. Remind you that uh, there's a group that will go and pray over our intercessory prayer, li- prayer list when we finish here. But I want us to pray for two things tonight uh, really heavy on my heart. Uh, one is just it, it's where we are and we need to always be praying for this, but it's very specific for us tonight. Uh, is for our nation, for our upcoming election. There's a debate tonight. I don't know if you guys knew about that or not, but you know if, you, <laughs> if you've been anywhere near a meeting, there's a first presidential debate tonight that's coming up in a few weeks and so I think it's very important that we pray for that so I want us to take a few minutes and pray uh, for our nation but something else and you guys just pray for me in this as I've gone through uh, this last probably about three weeks or so really I've been burdened uh, for marriages uh, for marriages in our church a big part of that's because I've been sitting and dealing with so much 
wreckage from marriages. Um, and it, it, I know this, this happens. I saw it coming. I tried to pray against it last month in August, but it's just the way it goes. September has been a phenomenal month at Mount Pleasant. I mean, God has just blessed our services. We had a big switch with our schedule hours, and, and it's just been amazing, the people that are coming, and just it's just been this great energy and excitement around the church. And I always know when that happens, you're going to get kickback, and you're going to get you know resistance that Satan's going to bring up. And it's broken my heart that in the last couple of weeks, over and over again, I'm seeing it in, in marriages and in marriage relationships. And I grieve for that. And I, I, I so often I come into the situations and it's the, the tragedy's already happened. And God's really been laying on my heart to get busy on the front end to help build strong and healthy marriages. Before the call comes in, can we come and see you tomorrow? Let's invest on that side. So I'm like, Lord, What's that look like? And so that's what I'm really kind of praying through is God w would lead that. But I want us tonight pray for the election. I want us to pray for marriages. Just pray for marriages uh, for men and women who are struggling. You all don't need me to tell you this, that, that people are struggling uh, relationally in our society and culture and so many factors. And that's part of what I'm, you know, trying to pick apart. But just really I've been... Uh, uh, petitioning God this week for wisdom and insight into how to help build healthy and strong marriages uh, for His glory and for His honor in the family unit because families are under attack. All right, so let's do that. If you all would, let's join me in uh, let's join in prayer. I'm just going to give you a couple of minutes uh, in quiet prayer time, and then I'll uh, I'll close this together. Let's pray. Lord, we've taken these few moments to voice some prayers and lift up to you two very important things. Father, the, the elections that are upcoming in our nation, Lord, for our president uh, who will be selected, we thank you for the freedom that we have to be able to go and cast a vote in about six weeks, Lord, to elect the man who's going to lead us in so many ways. We know that your word teaches, Father, that you direct the king's heart like a river, Father, as it winds its way through the land. And we know, Father, that you are in control of all things and you're seated upon your throne. So we just pray for your will to be made known. We pray for you to guide and direct our, our current president, Lord, the man who will be elected in November as well. Uh, Father, we pray that they would lead uh, this nation in such a way as that we would, Lord, exercise our freedoms that we have to draw close to you. And, Father, see your work done in our lives. Lord, a, a revival starts, Lord, not in the White House, but at our house. And, Father, that's what my, my prayer, my longing is for our nation, is that we would be drawn back to you, Lord, individually. Lord, we, we can't legislate uh, morality in a relationship with you. It's a heart issue, and it's a heart change that's only made possible through Jesus Christ. And, Father, the, the pattern, the method that you gave us for impacting the world is through your children sharing the good news of who you are with others so that your Holy Spirit can work. And so, Father, I pray that we would be empowered in that way, and that, Father, our nation uh, would see that great awakening and that great revival. 
revival. Lord, I lift up marriages to you as well. Lord, I pray for husbands uh, to be godly leaders in their homes. Lord, I pray for wives to to show respect and and, and honor to those husbands as they lead. Uh, But, Father, I pray that they together, uh, as couples, would would draw close to you, Father. Marriage is not easy, and there's so many misconceptions in our culture and our society. Uh, Father, it takes a lot of work. There are a lot of challenges, and I pray that people would see that. And God, just this this work that you're stirring up in my heart, I, I just I know I get so frustrated not knowing what to do, and I want to do things, but Lord, I know that it's not my time and my my direction, but it's you. And so I just pray that your your vision would be birthed, that it would become very clear in this body, and I pray, Lord, that you would help us be a place that invests in marriages, in, in men and women, for the sake of the family, for the sake of the church, Lord, our communities, that we would see Christ exalted and lifted up. Lord, we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Okie dokie, Genesis 1. What I'm going to do, and I gave you my note sheet. I struggle with these note sheets partly because of this. I want to like share some stuff with you, but I don't want to do the blanks and have to get all this kind of stuff. So I just give you my outline note stuff. But then you have all my answers before I get there. So I can't ask you questions because you just go, it says right here this. But... Um, so I, I put a lot of stuff down for you, and we'll basically, we'll kind of be a slave to the clock tonight, and we'll, we'll take a break when that time draws near. But Genesis 1, verse 1 says, in the beginning. And that's it. Right out the gate, that's the start. And in essence, Scripture sums up and puts to bed a very important big issue and just says, hey, here's how it is, here's how it's been, let's move on to other topics. Basically, Scripture tells us in the beginning... There was God. When beginning started, God was already there. He was self-existent, self-sustaining. God was and always has been. Scripture just acknowledges that, says this is the way it is. Move on. Let's go. We'll talk about something else. Because when you start talking about God being outside of time and you start you know, getting into, well, how did he come into existence? Your brain will hurt. All right, Those three brain cells you got up there, they will be crying uncle by the end of that conversation. So the, and the Bible just says in the beginning, oh, well, there was God. There, there he was. Which brings us to the next word, the important word in this sentence, in the beginning, God. The first subject, first topic, first person identified in the Bible is God himself. God is the starting point of all things. And God should still be our starting point in things today. When we face issues, when we face decisions, when we face challenges, we're going through trials, when we're having celebrations, whatever we find ourselves in the midst of, we should start with... God. He is the originator of all things that are in our lives. Good, bad, and in between, they all come from and flow through God. Therefore, our desire, our direction should be back to God. But I want to ask you, do we always start with God as we face things in life? What, what, what are some of the resources? What are some channels, some things that when we face challenges, difficulties, issues, what are some of the first places that people tend to go when they're facing things? Just call them out. What? Self, internet, family, family friends, spouse. Did you say mom? Mom? Kids? McDonald's. McDonald's, Wendy's. <laughs> Starbucks, you know, okay, yeah. Self. Self, all right. 
those are all fine and good. We do Christian authors, may call a pastor. We seek godly counsel. It's okay. You can say these things. I mean, we, but we generally, we take it upon ourselves to go to some of these sources that we trust, we respect, and we go look for answers there. Not that those are bad things. Some of those aren't bad. Now, some of them are worse than others, but yeah. Uh, we generally take it upon ourselves to go start looking in these ways when God is that first step. And as we go to Him, it's amazing the instruction, the wisdom, and the insight we can glean from Him and His Word, what He teaches us there. What's that? All the time you save. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, from having to redo it later when you didn't do it his way in the start with. Let me just, let's throw out a couple, uh, two quick examples here. What truths, principles, might we hear from God according to his word or through godly counsel if we come to God first facing a financial issue? We're in a financial quandary. Buying a house, a car, uh, you know, not enough bills, having extra money. We've got a financial situation in front of us. We come to God and His Word. What are some things that we may hear back from God related to financial things? Well, everything. He spent a lot of time talking about finance. Like what? Well, okay, (laughs) saving. Okay, saving. All right. Scripture teaches to to saving, sharing. All right. Giving. Tithing, giving. Trusting him? Budgeting. Budgeting. All right. Lending or not lending? Lending or not lending, yes. Stewardship. Stewardship? Not now. Not now? Okay. Getting things done over into contentment? Part of that? Yep. Okay. What's that? Okay, avoiding debt. Scripture talks about debt. Yes, it does. Seek his first. Seeking his kingdom first. All right. I mean, did you hear all that? I mean, that, that's just, you know, a, a quick glance of our collective knowledge and years of God's word. But when you bring financial issues to God, and I, I've been on both sides of this coin. Some I submitted to him on the front end and was like, yeah, you know what? going to back off and wait. At other times, I got the old technological eyeball. It's like, ooh, I need that. Did I need it? No. My wife told me I didn't need it, but you know what? I convinced her I needed it <laughs> because I'd convinced myself I needed it. I didn't follow that wisdom, and so it was a different outcome in that. But there's great wisdom when we come to God first. And you say, well, well how, do we, how do we know which one? You'll know. Just trust God. He will speak to you when you bring it to Him, submitting, seeking His will. But let's talk about relationally. And you're facing relational challenges. What things, what truths might God whisper speak to you through his word, through other people, when you submit a relational issue? Whatever it is, from dating to marriage to, you know, whatever. Relationally. Yes. Equally yoked. Yes. Maintain purity. Forgiveness. Respect, I heard. Honor. Honor. Speck out of your own eye. All right. What? Somebody said one over here I missed. You said patience back here. Patience. patience. Okay. <laughs> Melody. Handle disputes, Handle disputes quickly. All right. Look, here's the thing. In 90 seconds, 90 seconds, we just went through the collective wisdom of great godly counsel on finances and relationships. 
two biggest challenges that face people in our culture, finance and relationships. We got the collective wisdom. You know where the real issue starts? Have ears. <laughs> we don't have ears. Application, putting it into practice. Yeah, the the truth, the knowledge is there. See, that's the other part of this, though. When we start with God instead of with people and these other resources, we can trust that source a whole lot quicker. Because when your friends tell you something, it's like, well, now if, if they tell you what you want to hear, it's oh, that's that. Yeah, I appreciate that. But if they give you that, well, let me go talk to four other people and find out. The time you're talking about, say, there, Mr. Bob. You know, when we get that wisdom, we start with God. His wisdom is true and right, and it cuts through a whole lot of these issues. Yes, Melissa. Do you remember what you preached on when you first came here? Oh, I have no clue. I don't remember what I preached on. <laughs> What I preached on last week. <laughs> on Nehemiah. Nehemiah, yes, I did, yes. And I have to admit, I thought, what? what's Nehemiah? Well, who's Nehemiah? Why is he, this new preacher here spending so much time with Nehemiah? And what you drove home each and every time, Nehemiah said, ask God first. And so that ties in with what you're saying. There we go. Ask him first. So you were rebuilding, and you came to a church that needed rebuilding. So, so I'll just recapture. Want me to write your biography for you? Hey, yes. You, <laughs> send that on over. That'd be great. Okay. Wow. Is that ever a Do you remember what you preached when you first got here? It's three over three years oh, ago. <laughs> yeah, well, you had your chance. All right. So in the beginning, God going to 